This segment of Entrepreneurship Habits is brought to you by Maylee Designs. Maylee Designs is a Better Business Bureau accredited company with over 17 years of business under its belt and 30 years of experience. With five-star reviews, professional service, great customer service, and top-notch designs, you can get all your branding needs done for your small business. Go to MaylieDesigns.com. That's www.M-A-E-L-E-A-Designs.com for your free consultation. Welcome to Entrepreneurship Happens, where we talk about everything from the good to the bad to the ugly on your entrepreneurial journey. This week, we'll be discussing some of the highlights from some of our past guests and some of the great things that they've told us to drop beautiful gems to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. So stay tuned and get ready for these fun flashbacks. This episode of Entrepreneurship Happens is brought to you by Entrepreneurial Life Apparel. Entrepreneurial Life Apparel brings you trendy and unique clothing and accessories for men, women, and children. Jump online and get your 20% off discount by using eHappens as the code. Once again, it's Entrepreneurial Life Apparel and the website is shop myelife.com So on today's show we are going to um, basically do a part two of reviewing our previous guests and uh, reflecting on the biggest gems they dropped for us. So we're going to do uh, Chantel Williams, Wendy Davis, um, we also got Amber, uh, Shakima Boyer, um, and then Ray, who was just a previous guest. You ready? Yeah. All right. So what did you uh, think about Chantel Williams, uh, her interview? What was something that stood out to you? Um, I think the biggest thing was um, just a level of dedication and passion um, in regards to how she just felt towards people. Um, it was very sincere. Um, you could tell she really concerned, like really cared about her customers. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, see, she that, that was like the, the theme behind the majority of our interview. She just kept talking about um, care about people, you know, so that really stood out to me. Because a lot of times people get so caught up in about the money aspect of it, and it's not really, it's not more customer driven or clientele driven. So, okay. Well, what I wrote down was that um, she talked a lot about learning how to pivot. In fact, that's what her book um, that she came out with is about learning how to pivot during the pandemic and, um, and purposely pivoting, not just 
switching gears to switch gears, but also but actually having a plan when you change directions. And then she talked a lot about making sure she had boundaries um, set between business and family and um, making sure that family was a priority for her. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, you know, I, those, those points stood out. Um, definitely about being able to pivot because you have to be able to be uh, flexible, be an entrepreneur, you know, because like, you know, shit happens. So you have to be able to, to uh, just, just be flexible, be able to diversify, be able to be versatile because um, one minute you could be doing something and think that's the right track and be, you know, focused and everything's going well and then something crazy can happen and then you got to still be able to make it happen because at the end of the day, it's only you or, you know, so it's like, you know, that's that's a great point to have and um, something that I guess, well, really all entrepreneurs should be able to do um, within their business. They need to be able to have that, uh, skill set in um in adapting and facilitating their business so yeah definitely right and i also like that when she said that she had written a book about it she also had some um videos that go along with the book to help people in um you know that strategy of being able to pivot so that's definitely something nice to have and i'm definitely going to check out her book as well so um, what about Wendy Davis? Um, I just like um, the way Wendy was able to, uh, I guess, transition. Her transitions were, even though they were kind of like outrageous, they they seemed uh, actually seamless in, in, in concept and theory because she went through a lot, but she was able to kind of align things with each move that she made. It was always some kind of like connection from the previous move. And I thought that was um, her ability to do that uh, was very impressive. I um, also thought about when she was, she was talking about partnerships and um, how important partnerships are um that's basically what brought her the problem with um the feds and then um also she talked about consistency and having a regular job to fund your goals um a lot of times we don't do that as entrepreneurs or on social media you see there's this battle that always goes on between the people that are you know doing a nine to five to fund their business to reach you know, business goals and those that are just 100% entrepreneur. I mean, whatever works for you. And yeah, then I, um, also, you know, she talked about boundaries and making sure that people aren't picking your brain and trying to, you know, use you for info. So that was um, key as well. So I like that as well. Yeah. yeah. You definitely have to be able to, uh, I mean, you know, as it regards to to doing a nine to five to um i guess have a more stable environment or financially 
I mean, I understand that, but I guess you got to have the mindset to be able to say, okay, this is this is temporary. If I want to be a full-time entrepreneur, eventually I need to be able to switch over, but I get it. You know, some people, some people, some people who the things that they want to do as far as being an entrepreneur, they have to start out in that, in that like space and then be able to transition once they establish themselves or have like a little cut have a cushion to be able to transition to being a full-time entrepreneur. So there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like you say, it's it's it all depends on what your wheelhouse is, what what you want to do as far as being an entrepreneur and and how does that look as far as being uh as far as setting it up and actually facilitating it because it's at the end of the day, like I said, it's your business, it's your baby. So how you take care of it, how you set it up is is based on you. It doesn't have to be um what somebody else is doing, even if it's someone in the same um lane or whatever, like the same field or whatever, it's still your baby. So at the end of the day, you you do it how you do it and and you know your success or failure depends on you. Right, right. I mean, and and the thing is, in a perfect world, we will all, you know, be working at a nine to five, stacking up cash, and then uh, get to a point where we're like, okay, and say deuces. But you know, it doesn't always happen like that. You know, with layoffs, firings, and stuff like that. Um, the the key to it all is, regardless of how you want to become an entrepreneur, if you can plan for it and strategize for it, then do so. Um, I've said many times before, I just had to take the leap, regardless of what my finances look like, because I, I tend to have a perfectionist side to me where if it ain't perfect, I'm not going to do it. And until recently, I haven't, um, I hadn't broken out of that. So, but, um, but yeah, just, there's no, you know, big difference between the two sets of people, just you know, you want to work smarter, not harder. So if you can stack up your cash and everything, I just, I just personally found that the job was taking away from my time and creativity and then being a single mom, it's like, okay, so I was working nine to five, traveling an hour to and from work, then coming home, doing the mom thing. And then you talking about the wee hours of the morning, trying to work on my business. And then start all over, rinse and repeat, you know, and um, and your day starts at, you know, five, six o'clock in the morning. So that's not, you know, you burn in a candle at both ends. So um, that just really wasn't conducive for me. So I just had to, you know, say I can't do it anymore. So, but like I said, no, no way is the right way. It's about you and your journey and what you got to do. Um, just have a strategy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, now, what about Amber Hawkins? What did you get from her? Um, I think the biggest thing I got from Amber was um, just, uh, I guess her biggest, her biggest thing was the, the ability to, how she really was like um, focused on processes and procedures and 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 implementing different systems and just being able to uh um i think out of all the people we really interviewed she was one of the few people that like really took what she did from the corporate world and made it uh 
and realized how she could utilize those skills and the, and the experience she had and make a, a one of the, one of the more seamless transitions. Um, and I mean, but you know, it's ironic that a lot of people do that. But I think she was one of the few people that was like, "Okay, yeah, I've been doing this for this company X amount of years, whatever, whatever." And like, but there are really people out here that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, I could I could really uh, help facilitate different things. And I just like the way she um, kind of took it to another, the next level. You know, she didn't just get caught up in being um, with a certain career title or whatever. She took her skills, got some more training, got some more education and was able to create a whole like big business out of it. So I thought that was dope. Okay. Um, I like the fact that um, she went very um, detailed into government contracts about, you know, um, what you need to have in place to get them and and um, she went really deep into that. Um, other guests have mentioned it, but she really went deep into that. And then also um, one of the key things that I wrote down was that I loved when she talked about knowing the difference between someone supporting you and praying on you. So um, that was the key point that stood, stood out to me because there it is, there are people that you know, try to attach themselves to you because of what you can do for them or what potential they see in you. And um, so they're not really there to support. So that's important. But the for me, the biggest part was the government contracts and how thorough she, you know, dropped that as well. Although her business is primarily, you know, in the tech sector and everything, um, she uses that to you know her benefit to get government contracts but also taking the time to educate people on that as well yeah. so that yeah. they can do yeah. government contracts mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but yeah like yeah definitely and you know like you said um you have to be able to have that that certain level of uh discernment when it comes to dealing with people because you know you you have you you, you know you especially when you take on and say, well, I'm going for my 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 corporate job, or whatever. And you're going into entrepreneurship. You got to be, you know. Some, some people be like, mm, you know. And then you know, once you start popping, and things start building around you, and they start to see the vision unfold, then yeah, you definitely have to be aware of who's like your day ones, and then who's like, oh man, you know, I need to get on this, I need to get on this train before I leave the station. So I could probably have a better life. So I mean, yeah, you got to be really aware of that, and that's that's not even just so much a, a, a like career thing, but that's definitely a, a life thing that you need to develop because people will try to attach themselves to you when whenever, especially if you're going through a rough time, and they see things are, are changing or transitioning, they're definitely trying to attach themselves to you just to get a piece. And then if something else happens, they'll fall right back off. So. Yeah, right. you definitely have to be aware of that. Right, and I've had that too. I've had that too. We talked about that the other day, you know. People showing up, want to, you know, partner to do certain things. And when things are on and popping, they're there. And then when things aren't on and popping, they on to the next. So definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about Shakima Boyer? 
Um, Shakiba was. Shakiba did a, a, a lot. I, I think a lot of her stuff was, like you say, uh, establishing uh, the boundary thing. I think you know, and being able to um, really know and, and figure out um, how how her services align with people. Um, but I think it, you know it's really phenomenal how she went in and and detailed uh, how she's able to realize at a certain point, like, hey, this is what I need to do, this is what I want to do, and and build from that. Um, just being an entrepreneur, yeah, I really, I really, uh, I really connected with her on that point. Okay. Um. I have that she um, learned how to figure out how to maneuver during the slowdown times, the, the times where, you know, people up and decide, like you have, and I go through this too, you have like a list of people, four or five people that say they coming on board and, you know, you got your invoices sent out and for whatever reason, they're not getting paid, they're not paying them, they decide to push the project off and stuff like that. So you have to learn how to maneuver and um, put things in place to help, you know, help keep yeah. that that uh -huh. income going and keep, and also to keep yourself motivated as well. Yeah. So- um, Part of that pivot, man, you gotta pivot. Right, right, exactly. So, um, and then there's some industries where, you're going to have a slow time during the year all the time. So, um, for example, when um, our tax professional friends, um, you know, they it gets hot around income tax filing times, but then mm -hmm. for the rest of the year, it slows down. So yeah. they have to figure out, you know, what can I do? And so, hmm. Yeah, for like eight months almost. Yeah. Right, right, right. And some people will automatically just try to, you know, form a totally different stream of income. And that's not necessarily the right answer, you know. I mean, you do what's best for you, but you may want to actually think of what other services can you offer that can spin off from what you already do. Um, I know there are some tax professionals that we, we've listened to before where they offer, um, they'll offer like credit repair and stuff because they already mm -hmm. are into your financials and things of that nature. Um, and then with the taxes, well, if you do corporate taxes, if you get business owners, that is the one a totally different schedule than, you know, personal. So that's mm -hmm. another thing that you can do. And then some, there's some of them like um, Dorcas, you know, who, you know, they, they can teach people. They so that's another income opportunity to hold classes and teach people. Um, mm -hmm. Like George Danger's coming up. He also, you know, um, does different conventions and things of that nature, teaching people about um, taxes and things of that nature. So there's other things that you can do besides just opening up a totally different industry during those downtimes. So, but um. Another key point that I had for Shakima is um, being purposeful and passionate over money. And, yeah. you know, when, especially with the pandemic, so many people lost their jobs and everything like that. 
And you see it all the time in these groups, people are like, what can I do to make money? What can I do to make money? And people throw things out there. But in the end of the day, if you don't have a passion for it, if you don't have a real purpose for it, it's not going to work. You're, you're focused on the money. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes money, but it's not. Um, for instance, I'll even tell you something like that's not even business related. I remember in college, everybody was getting a computer science degree. Everybody was going for that because that was the highest paying thing. Ask me how many of my friends are computer scientists nowadays, you know what I'm saying? Because they didn't have that real passion for it. And the same thing in business, you know? And then the thing is also, if you don't have a passion for it, it comes through. So it's like, how can you sell somebody on something you're not even sold on? So yeah, I I thought that was the key point as well, that money being money-driven isn't always it. But you see it all the time in Facebook. People are like, oh, okay, what can I do uh, you know, to get money? And when people do that, what you want to do then is you want to actually um you want to actually look at that list. You want to actually look at what they're saying and see what fits in your wheelhouse that you already do. Don't just go pick up something random, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Um, and, and I think that's where some people, their downside is, you know, they're picking random stuff, you know, all of a sudden everybody's doing freight, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that's because that's where the money is right now. Yeah. But if you don't have the passion for it, it's just going to be a fleeting thing, you know? And and that's, that's true because like, you know, like you say, um, you need that passion for when you have, when, when the money's not there. You know what, what's going to what's going to motivate you to keep going and doing it when everything is going wrong, you know. And I don't think a lot of people think about that. They, they only think about, yeah, well, you know, I built my business, it's my money, I want to be successful, such and such, whatever. But they never think about like, hey, the days when I make no money, but I still got to show up because I still have customers, I still got to feed my family, I still got to do so, you know, all X, Y, Z what's going to motivate you to get up and do it then so you have to have the passion for it you have to have a real sincere love um for what you're doing you know it's not it shouldn't be like a job it should be like something that you just enjoy doing and ironically you make money from it right right and you know what's funny recently i saw um i think somebody actually shared it no it was a reel it was the facebook reel that came up um, and it was really interesting. It was a different perspective. It was uh Robert Kiyosaki, the one who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he actually said that he doesn't believe in that part on doing your passion and everything because he actually he hates writing books. He doesn't like real estate. He his passion is to be wealthy and be financially free. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't know how many people can operate in that way. Um, It worked for him. I mean, he did develop such a passion, but then you also have to think about, you know, how he was taught about finances and money and stuff like that. So his end goal was to actually make sure that he was financially free and everything. So that was his passion and his goal. So he made it work for him. But most of us, 
um, and statistically speaking, it's if you focus on the money, it doesn't work like that, you know? So he's like, you know, he was talking about how he does things that he hates. <laughs> he makes money at it, you know? So I thought that was really interesting uh, when I saw that. So last but not least, we have Ray Scott. So um, what did you get from him? Um, I think the, the biggest thing I got from Ray was um, just uh, his passion when it comes to educating, especially uh, Black men and Black fathers on how they can, can create generational wealth and building a community. Because, um, you know, a lot of people, they, 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 they don't want to come back or they don't want to, once they become successful or you get to a certain level in life, they don't believe in sharing education or sharing the wealth and or, or going back to help the community. They'd be like, hey, they, they, they believe like, hey, you know, uh, I'm cool. I, I achieve what I achieve. It's my life, whatever. And I think it was really cool that he's like, yeah, okay, I had my hard times. I've overcome and I want to be able to and I see it's a problem out in society where um, black men, black fathers, black families are at a deficit. And uh, it would be definitely cool, you know, do my part to change the world by creating a community uh, where I can educate, you know, black men, black fathers right. to, to be successful and to be financially literate and to be able to do certain things for their families that they weren't taught in a socioeconomic environment. So um, that definitely, it definitely resonated with me. And so I was like, wow, you know, that, that it kind of, it kind of helped me kind of repurpose some things in my life or, or mindsets in my life when it comes to um, lineage and different things like that. All right, that's good. Um, what I have is that um, what he actually, um, made me think of is um how he basically monetized everything that he already did you know what i'm saying and we don't think about that especially well that goes back to what i said when people get on facebook and they're like okay i need to make money give me some you know give me some jobs give me something i can start doing and a lot of times people don't think about what do you already do what skills do you already have that you can monetize you know um for example when we talked to Keisha, you know, some of the stuff that she was just naturally doing, she could monetize, you know, and sometimes we don't think about that. So um, I like that. And then his stress on um, having a mentor and um, mental health, having discipline and also giving yourself grace. Those are really key things to the entrepreneur journey. Um yeah. You know, so I did love that he talked about that a lot. He's very community oriented, very, very mm -hmm. community oriented. Very. And um, and then it's funny how you said um his interview made you think of some things. His interview is actually the one that made me think about um the whole resource being a resource thing. So um that's actually um something that stood out to me. And because with my perfectionist side, I've been, you know, I've been kind of doing something differently, trying to, you know, 
generate more income so that I can do more bigger things, bigger scale things to be a resource. And it just, it, while I was, you know, playing back his episode, it was like, wait a minute, I don't have to, I could just start, I could start being a resource. You know, I yeah. already am to a certain degree, but not to the level that I want to be. And so listening to that, it was like, wait a minute, what am I waiting for? Why am I waiting for more income or whatever? I just need to go ahead and do it. So um, yes, I have some stuff in the works to, um, you know, be more um, of a resource to people out there um, to go along with the mission of Entrepreneur Life. So that was the episode that did it for me. So I definitely love that. Any any other... um, tidbits that you got from um from those and and before we go i i want to um go over some questions with you but any other anything else that stood out i think think consistently across the board um and this has just been like all of our interviews um just just the, the the willingness to figure it out and, and showing that, char- that true entrepreneurial spirit and being able to overcome certain things, certain setbacks and different things, it, it, um, it's, it's just, I guess, staying true to yourself. That's the biggest thing, you know, because I mean, a lot of times, especially when you're on the island by yourself and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to stay dedicated, stay focused, it's extremely difficult. Then you have to find something within yourself to persevere and keep going. And I think that's that's a beautiful thing. But that's always what, you know, that's what separates entrepreneurs from just being somebody who wants to be an employee. Um, And but I I love that. I love that. I love that it comes through with all of our guests. And that just shows, that just shows, uh, that shows how important our show is because you know, a lot of you want, if, if there was anywhere else you really want to hear these stories and you wouldn't really understand, like, the, it's not all about the success. It's also about the hardships, you know, because there's a good and a bad side to everything. And those are the things that make those incredible stories. You got to get both sides. You got to get everything that comes with it. It's not all about the successes. It's about the failures, too. And, you know, they show that. And, and I love that they're able to share that with us to make other people's lives better through this. So it's a, it was a blessing all the way around. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, we had some listener questions that we had previously said that we wanted to ask. And there's a few that I think we should um, throw into some of the coming up interviews. Um, but I do want to go over a couple of them real quick. Um, we have Michael that asked, do you have any regrets uh, about becoming one? Um, I can, from reviewing all of the episodes, I can definitely say that I don't think any of our guests regret it. Um, I mean, because they're all still in, they're all still entrepreneurs. They may regret certain things about the way they went about it um, without necessarily having a plan or um, you know, being fired and laid off and not having something in place or what have you. But I don't think anybody actually has regretted it. Um, I definitely know I don't regret it. Um, what about yourself, Kester? No, I mean, because you have to get to a point where 
you realize um, that especially when you get to a certain age, you got to be like, man, you know what? I, I need to be able to build something for me, build something for my family. So it's, it, it, you, you, and you realize that that cannot happen unless you are in a certain position with the company or whatever. So it, you don't, re, you, you don't regret it. You got, like you say, they regret, the regret comes with how you do it, or maybe um, at the point of time when you do it or whatever, but at the, at, you have to also realize uh, it gets to the point where you're like, hey, I got to do something. something. There has to be better. There has to be something different. Because if not, I'm going to just end up doing all this work for somebody else and not establishing anything. And then the next generation is going to just end up doing it, re repeating the same cycle. And that's not benefiting anybody. Right, right, right. And then we have Courtney that actually, her question is, was one thing, you know now that you didn't when you started and that you wish you knew when you did. That sounds very familiar. That is one of the questions that we asked. So that's very cool. Um, next we have India. How important is it that your spouse or significant other supports you? That is a good one. I think we should add that in with some of the upcoming interviews. I think that's a good one. Um, now, some of our guests have talked about being having support from their significant others. In fact, some of them have mentioned that they can't do what they do without having that, that spouse help them out. Um, and then some of them, their spouse is an entrepreneur, and that's what they feel like helps them even better because it's somebody that understands the entrepreneurial lifestyle. So, um, but I think that is possibly something that we could... Um, could add into there. Now, personally, um, I think it's very important that you have a spouse, partner, or significant other support you because in anything, not just entrepreneurship, but in anything, it makes it harder. You know, that's where resentment comes in. That's when, you know, when somebody doesn't support you. So it's very, very, very important. Um, they don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur but they just have to understand what you being an entrepreneur means. And that can mean late nights, early mornings, you know, that could be, you know, always working on your phone and stuff because for a while we grind and so we don't have to grind anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we live like others won't for a while till we live like others can't. So, um, but I definitely like that question. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that would, that, that would be definitely a good question to add because, you know, a lot of people, especially when it comes to, um, to be asked about families and the dynamics and different things like that, I definitely think that will uh, kind of shed a light on um, the whole the whole lifestyle because you know, especially like you say, being an entrepreneur, it's, you got you only have so much time to do everything, and definitely when it comes to the, the the family dynamic uh most most you know your spouse is like the closest person in that circle so you know you have to be able to trust them with ideas and trust them with your vision and different things like that and if they're not on board that that that's one more hurdle that you have to deal with as far as trying to establish your business and everything so yeah i would love to hear different entrepreneurs outlook on that or perspective on that because uh I, I think it, I don't I don't think everything could be you know so peachy. 
I think we'll probably have a, a pretty divisive thing on that because I know some people might be like, hey, no, nah, my husband and wife, nah, they're not rocking with me. And then some people be like, you know, I can't, I can't do this without them. Like they, they help balance out other things, other aspects of my life. So yeah, I would, yeah, I think we definitely need to add that just to see what it looks like in real time for other entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though, thinking about over the years, all the entrepreneurs that I've talked to that are married or in long-term relationships, a lot of them, it's funny, a lot of them, the, their significant other is an entrepreneur too. And that doesn't mean that they're, they have a family business together. A lot of them that I've talked to for various projects, the husband has his own business and the wife has her own business. So they're, but they're both still entrepreneurs and they still understand it. So that's not necessary to say that y'all have to work together. So yeah, definitely um, something to do that. Um, in there. And, um, and maybe that's for the best. Oh, to have separate, yeah. It, it, I guess it all depends on your dynamic. You know, yeah, you know, sometimes you know, <laughs> your 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 wife or girl, she could be a caterer, and 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 you could be uh, you know, something else. So you know, like, I don't want to do that. No. So yeah, I definitely understand that. Right. Hey. Yeah, one lady I talked to, I can't quite remember what her husband did, but I do know that. What within what she did, she was able to refer her husband's company within what she did. So that was kind of cool. So yeah, I love to hear those um, answers there. Next we have Kay. Um, she said, how long did it take you to get to the level that you're at? And I think that's a good question too. Now, I do think that some of them answered that already um, because they tell us how long they've been an entrepreneur and stuff like that. Um, so definitely we have some people that's been, been an entre entrepreneur for about 17 years, 10 years or what have you. And then we've had a few newer entrepreneurs. So, um, definitely they've talked about, you know, how long their journey is, but I think that's a good question too. What do you think? Now, as, as in regards to that, do you want to, do you think we should tie that in with the success, the successful question? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we could definitely do that. We can definitely do that. Ask them how okay. long they've been. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, we can add that in. Okay. Uh, and let's see here. We just got like two more. Um, there's one. It wasn't really a question, but Rachel said, I honestly been thinking about becoming my own brand, but scared of getting people to trust me. If I'm scared of it myself, like how is it I can sell things that don't belong to me so freely, but scared to represent myself? That's actually a good, um, good dynamic, a good questionnaire. Um, basically, it's like, for example, the MLMs, you know, it's easy for people to sell somebody else's product. Um, and I think part of that with the MLMs, because I've done MLMs before too, I think part of that is because when you go into MLM, they already have a, a system in place. And a lot of MLMs have already been established for several years. Now, there mm -hmm. are some people that I know they've gotten in on the ground floor, but you still have some type of, unless you're the founder of it, you still already have some type of structure. Whereas when it's your own business, your own product, there's no real blueprint 
that you can, you know, because with the MLMs, they basically give you a, blue, a blueprint and they give you a coach, you know what I'm saying? They give you yeah. all the yeah. yeah, they do that. But see, this is the thing with the MLM. MLMs, they give you they, they give you these things and but you you never top out. You're always gonna be reaching for, you know, you, there's always gonna be something that you have to reach for when like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's not oh. but that's not what she's talking about though. Yeah, I get that part, but what I'm saying is that because they already have a formula for you, because they already have a blueprint for you, it's easier for you to sell their products than for you to believe in yourself and you start to sell your products because they've already got a name established to a certain point. Although everybody, although you're introducing this brand to people in your circle and your world that they may not have heard of, it's still something that you feel that you can fall back on because you know, uh, like some of the health products out there that um, some of the MLMs push. Oh, it's science tested. It's doctor backed and stuff like that. But it's when, when it's your own product, you don't necessarily have the means to have it, you know, doctor tested and approved and oh. all that stuff. So you don't have the quite confidence in your own products. But I do, I will say that some of the people that I know that have created their own um, body products, bath and body products, um, what they do is they take a small sample set of family and friends and they either sell them at a discounted price or they give them samples of this homemade, you know, lotion, cream or whatever. And they start to get people to, you know, tell testimonies of how, yeah, my skin cleared up or yeah, this happened or um, yeah, like the hair care, yeah, make my hair grow. And they just continue to expand and word of mouth and everything. And mm -hmm. that helps you build confidence in your product. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but yes, initially you are going to be scared because it's just like, you know, I know how good my stuff is, but to convince other people that it's good, it's going to be hard. So I think that's where um, she was coming from. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely going to require a, a, a mindset shift because you can't, if you don't believe in your product, nobody else will. So, you know. Right. Exactly. 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 That, so you have yeah. to. And then, and then, like we always say, do it scared. You got to do it scared. You got to do it scared. So, you know, it's, and that's the problem is that we get complacent in being comfortable. So we are, you know, we get comfortable in selling other people's products, making them even more rich, especially exactly. in the, <laughs> them making them more rich instead of doing it scared for ourselves and and building our confidence to make ourselves financially free so that is um important and then the last one we have um is Renetta asking about overcoming objection um is something that every entrepreneur should understand so um so again that wasn't really a question but um definitely something that um, you got to consider, yeah. Entrepreneurial journey, yeah. So you have to consider that because you're not going to get all yeses and green lights every time you do business. So you yeah. you have to be able to deal with that. But that also refers back to being able to pivot. Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, even the most 
successful um, business owners out there, even within the top 1%, they'll tell you they got more no's than they got yeses. And sometimes what people fail to realize is that it's the few yeses that you get that make the difference anyway, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was it. I mean, we went through five people and we answered some questions and then some of the questions we're going to throw into our interview. You got anything else for today? Uh, I'm just enjoying this journey this entrepreneurial shit happened journey it's lovely awesome and then uh so next week we have terrence sanai of sanai creative so um he'll be talking about you know his journey from being fired from different um jobs to realizing hey i just need to start my own business so that'll be interesting so yeah and um, we got to thank everybody for taking us over 200 listens. We're uh, about, right about at 250 right now. So, okay. well, wow. <laughs> so um, definitely, definitely, definitely thank you for that. And, oh. um, you know, just keep sending in questions, keep sharing, keep liking, keep subscribing. And um, definitely support because we'd like to expand and start to possibly do some in 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 house sessions and stuff like that and and events and um, yeah so that would be nice that would be nice um, yeah. I'm trying to think. oh and definitely sign up to be subscribe uh, at at advertisers jeez be advertisers. Um, definitely get in now. They need to get in now before um, things go up. So, because we're our audience is definitely expanding. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, that is it for us. See y'all next time. Peace. How would you like exclusive Entrepreneurial Life Apparel merchandise? and curated minority-owned business items as well as tools to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Well, that's what's in the Innovate Box. The Innovate Box is a quarterly subscription plan by Entrepreneurial Life Apparel. You can sign up at NOV8.com to see the three subscription options. Once again, that's NOV8.com. Thank you for listening to our show today. If there was any part that you liked, please feel free to drop us a voice message. On next week's show, we'll be talking to Terrence and I, an entrepreneur that finally embraced his passion, became very successful only after losing several jobs at corporate America. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all of our social media platforms. Until next time, peace. If you'd like to be interviewed on our show, just send us an email at interviews at entrepreneurshiphappens.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor or advertiser, also shoot us an email at info at entrepreneurshiphappens.com.